chapter number 23. And you know, a lot of times people think being a Christian means that uh, you just got to be serious and can't have a good time. And But uh, you know, I, I, that's not the way I look at the Christian life. I, I think if you can't enjoy the Christian life now, what are you going to do when you get to heaven someday? And I like to be around happy people. And uh, sometimes I get around some people, they look like they've been sucking on sour pickles all day. And uh, I'll, I'll ask them, are you a Christian? Well, sure I am. And I'll say, you should tell your face that, all right? But, but a lot of times people, and look, it's many times what happens is, is all we deal with throughout the week tends to kind of rob us of our joy or we allow it to rob us of our joy. But I want you to think about this passage. And our theme this year is out of the book of Joshua, just a, just a chapter or so over. But uh, tonight we're going to focus in chapter 23. And if you would, read along with me tonight, beginning in verse number 1. The Bible says, It came to pass a long time after that the Lord had given rest unto Israel from all their enemies round about, that Joshua waxed old and stricken in age. And Joshua called for all Israel and for their elders and for their heads and for their judges and for their officers and said unto them, I'm old and stricken in age, and ye have seen all that the Lord your God hath done unto all these nations because of you. For the Lord your God is he that hath fought for you. Behold, I have divided unto you by lot these nations that remain to be an inheritance for your tribes from Jordan with all the nations that I have cut off even unto the great sea westward. And the Lord your God, he shall expel them from before you and drive them out of your sight, and ye shall possess their lands, as the Lord your God hath promised unto you. Be therefore very courageous to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, that ye turn not aside there, therefrom uh, to the right hand or to the left, that ye come not uh, among these nations. These that remain among you neither make mention of the name of their gods, nor cause to swear by them, neither serve them, nor bow yourselves unto them. But cleave unto the Lord your God as ye have done unto this day. For the Lord hath driven out from before you great nations and strong, but as for you, no man hath been able to stand before you unto this day. One man of you shall chase a thousand, for the Lord your God, he it is that fighteth for you, as he hath promised you. Take good heed, therefore, unto yourselves, that ye love the Lord your God. Else, if ye do in any wise go back and cleave unto the remnant of these nations, even these that remain among you, and shall make marriages with them, and go in unto them, and they to you, know for a certainty that the Lord your God will no more drive out any of these nations from before you, but they shall be snares and tra uh, traps unto you, and scourges in your sides, and thorns in your eyes, until you perish from off this good land which the Lord your God hath given you. And behold, this day I am going the way of all the earth, and ye know in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one thing hath failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spake concerning you. All are come to pass unto you, and not one thing hath failed thereof. Now there's a lot of great things here as Joshua nears the end of his life and Joshua's challenging the people of God. And I realize we're not Israel tonight. We are a part of the church that if you're saved tonight, that we understand we're in Christ. But understand that even in the Old Testament, there is great application 
for our lives and what God would have for us. And I think certainly that God wants us to enjoy uh, the good life that we have in Christ. I don't think we should be sad and, and, and walking around like, uh, again, if, if that's the way we act and people see that in our demeanor and on our faces, a lot of times we're, we're a billboard that somebody might see that and think to themselves, well, boy, if that's what being a Christian is like, then I want nothing to do with that. And people need to see the joy that we have in the Lord. And we need, I realize that we have things some time, from time to time that kind of pull us down. But I can tell you this, that nowhere in the Bible does it say, and God never said, thou shalt not have fun, uh, nor shalt thou smile in all thy days. The Bible doesn't say that. God wants us to enjoy life. But having a good time, listen, is not necessarily a sin. It's okay to have a good time. But here's the key is, is that when we are, we should pay attention to the principles that God has laid out for godly living whenever we do engage in activities. Uh, there ought to be something not weird and strange, but there ought to be something distinctly different about God's people versus the people of the world. And, and Joshua's pointing that out here. Now look, the Bible does say in Romans chapter 12 and verse 21, be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. God tells us, overcome evil with good. It says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 21, prove all things, hold fast to that which is good. God says, find some good things in life and hold on to those things. You know, look, a Christian should not be chasing evil things. Now, many times you see Christians who fall because instead of going after that which is good, cleaving unto that which is good and godly, they get involved in things that are not good for their lives. The Bible also says in Colossians 3.17, And whatsoever ye do... In word or deed, the Bible says, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. So the question tonight is simple. Can a Christian, can one of God's children have a good time in this land? And I would say to that answer would be yes. Now how? How can we have a good time? How can we enjoy the Christian life? Number one, by keeping good memories, by keeping good memories. If you look back in Joshua 23, Joshua's standing there, and here's what he says to them. Look at it again. The Bible says in chapter 23, it came to pass, notice, a long time after that the Lord had given rest unto Israel from all their enemies round about, that Joshua, he just like his predecessor, Moses, now Joshua's old. The Bible uses the word waxed old. He was stricken in age. And he calls all Israel, Joshua does, the elders, the heads, the judges, the officers. He calls everybody together and he reminds them. He says, look, I'm getting older. And look at verse number three. Ye have seen all that the Lord your God hath done unto all these nations because of you. For the Lord your God is he that hath fought for you. Behold, I have divided unto you by lot these nations that remain to be an inheritance for your tribes from Jordan, even unto the nations that I have cut off. 
even the great sea westward. And the Lord your God, he shall expel them from before you and drive them from out of your sight, and you shall possess their land as the Lord your God hath promised unto you. So here's what I see is, is that they, they have, and Joshua's reminding them before he departs from this life, he's saying, look, can I just remind you of a few things? How many of you are like me? From time to time, you have to be reminded of how good God is, about all that God has done for us. It's easy to forget. The longer, the longer you're saved, the longer you live the Christian life, listen, it's easy sometimes for things to get so far in the past that we don't even remember what the Lord's done for us. And this is what Joshua is doing. He's reminding them, he's trying to help them to recall uh, what has happened. And, you know, it's like Sunday night. How many of you remember Sunday night? I used as an illustration about me when I was a little kid and I played baseball and I got hit in the eye. How many of you remember that story? Do you know that when we went home that night, that I called my father because I hadn't talked to him for a little while and I'd been busy and he'd been busy t- uh, trying to take care of my mom. We got, I got home and I thought, I need to call my dad. So I called my dad, I talked to him for about 10, 15 minutes and I said, hey dad, you can help me with something. And he says, okay. I said, do you remember when I was a little boy and uh, we were gonna go on vacation that one year and we went on vacation, but I had a baseball game and I got about that far into the story, and my dad said, yeah, we were at Palme de Terre, and uh, we drove about an hour or so back to the, I said, that's right. And uh, so he's, he's, he's recalling the story, and he says, yeah, I remember. He says, that was the night that you hit, now I didn't say this in my story. He said, that's the night that you hit a grand slam. And I said, that's right. Now, my daughter said, when I got home from church, she goes, Dad, was that story really true? <laughs> and my other daughter said to her, Abby said to her, she says, she goes, Chelsea, have you, haven't you heard Dad tell that story before? And so Chelsea says, you, she goes, you wait till I talk to Grandpa next time because I'm going to ask Grandpa if that story's really true. And then my wife actually said, I think he was embellishing. I was... <laughs> I was, what? I was not embellishing. That was how the thing went down. And I couldn't believe it. And so I, I was like, I'm, I'm asking my dad. Now, he, I'm going to be truthful with you tonight. When I was talking to my dad, and he recalled that. I said to my dad, now, do you remember what happened to me? And my dad said, what are you talking about? I said, you remember I was batting, and I got hit in the eye with the baseball. My dad said, well, I, you know, I'm getting older, I don't know if I really remember that. And I said, wait a minute, Dad, how can you forget that I got corked in the eye with a baseball? And I said, I went over and I sat down, and he says, well, that might have happened. I said, okay, let me ask you this. When I, we got back to where we were vacationing, I said, do you remember how Mom was making over what happened to me? And he goes, yeah, I think I do remember she was carrying on about something. And I said, yeah, because I had a shiner. And, and he, he's like, well, maybe. I said, you know what? I know mom's suffering with Alzheimer's. I said, but I'm going to tell you, her long-term memory is still pretty good. You wait till I see her next time. I said, I'm going to ask her, and I bet you she remembers what happened to her only son when he was playing baseball. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. 
we need to remind ourselves and recall some things, those memories about what God has done in our past, you know what they're going to do? They're going to help us to make it through the future. They're going to help us when, look, when times get tough, it, we can, you know, the reason we can enjoy the good life is because we think about all the things that our great God has done for us. And that's what Joshua is saying here is, is all that he had done for them. Here's one thing that he mentions, how God had fought for them. Listen, they didn't even, now again, they, they, they went into battle, but how would you like it if God was the one that actually was doing the fighting? I mean, you, you were there, but God was the one. Look what it says in Psalm 44. Look at these three verses. The psalmist says, Ye have heard with your ears, O God, our fathers have told us, what work thou didst in their days, in the times of old, how thou didst drive out the heathen with thy hand and plantest them. Uh, he says here, how thou didst afflict the people and cast them out. For they got not the land in possession by their own sword, neither did their own arm save them, but thy right hand and thine arm and the light of thy countenance because thou hadst a favor unto them. Hey, listen, in other words, it was God that was doing everything, and it was not them. And I, can I tell you today, if anything happens in our lives, and in our day, and in this church, it's because it's God doing it, and not us. And we see here that he reminds them that God fought for them, and guess what happened after God fought for them? God was the one that gave them rest. Look what the Bible says in Joshua 21, just a chapter or so over before this passage. The Bible says in verse 44, the Lord gave them rest roundabout, according to all that he swore unto their fathers. And there stood not a man of all their enemies before them, and the Lord delivered all their enemies into their hand. Hey, look, God not only fought for them, but God then gave them rest. Folks, remember, this wasn't even their land. It was the land that God gave to them. God was the one that fought for them, and then when he gave them the land, God gave them the rest. Hey, look, I think we have a lot to remember, because remember, look, when you got saved, where's your new home at now? Heaven. And you don't have to do anything to go to heaven other than put your faith in Christ. What we have to look and look forward to, hey, listen, we can keep some good memories also, but notice another way that we can enjoy the good life is not only keeping good memories, but keeping good ministry. He, he continues in chapter 23, look at verse number six. He says, be therefore very courageous to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, that ye turn not aside therefrom to the right hand or to the left. If we were to take the time, look here for a second, if we were to take the time and go back to Joshua chapter 1, what I just read to you, not word for word, but what I just read to you was the exact same thing that God said to Joshua when he took over as the leader of God's people. So I would think that Joshua knows what he's talking about is that not only do we need to keep good memories, but we need to keep good ministry. Joshua, look, his life had been lived serving God, and he was reminding them that they also needed to serve the Lord. Look at Deuteronomy 5 and verse 32. The Bible says, Ye shall observe to do therefore as the Lord your God hath commanded you. Did you hear the word? Commanded you. It's not God making a request. 
It's God's commanding us to not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. Proverbs 4.14, enter not into the path of the wicked and go not in the way of evil men. Deuteronomy 13.4, you shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him. Keep his commandments and obey his voice and ye shall serve him and cleave unto him. See, the Bible tells us that once God has saved us, then what God expects is that we would serve him the rest of our lives. And Joshua's reminding them, look, not only do you need to have good memories, but he says you need to have good ministry. And the way to minister is to do what God would have us to do, what God commands us to do. And so this is a way that we can enjoy the Christian life is to have good memories, to have good ministry. Look at a third one Joshua mentions to them is by keeping good motives. Now, a lot of people have all kinds of motives, ulterior motives, the reason why they do the things that they do. Now, when you think about motives, again, it's, it's a certain course of action. So look what the Bible says in verse number nine. Here's what he talks about when he's addressing this matter of having good motives. He, the Bible says, For the Lord hath driven out from before you great nations and strong, but as for you, no man hath been able to stand before you unto this day. One man of you shall chase a thousand for the Lord your God. He it is that fighteth for you as he hath promised you. Take good heed therefore unto yourselves that you do what? Love the Lord your God. Now, why do you serve God? Why do you come to church? Why do you witness to people? Clearly, we see the motivation should be that we are to love the Lord. The Bible says in Joshua 22, in verse number 5, the Bible says, Take heed, diligent heed, to the commandment and the, the, commandment and the law, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, charged you to love the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to keep his commandments, to cleave unto him, and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. Now, a lot of times we see a verse like that, and when we look at that, and I want you to look at that verse, a lot of times we think how that, that phrase is tacked on at the end there, serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, that we think that that's just dealing with this matter of serving the Lord, but the truth is, the full thrust of Joshua 22.5, if you take that phrase with all your heart, it really should fit with each one of those phrases. In other words, if you look back at the verse, that you should walk in all his ways with all your heart and with all your soul. That you should keep his commandments with all your heart and with all your soul. That you and I should cleave unto him with all our heart and with all of our soul. That we should serve him with all of our heart and with all of our soul. You see what the Bible, the implications there is, is that we should love God. Now remember, he loved us before we ever loved him. Think about all God's done for us. And what a wonderful thing how God so loved the world, you and I, that he gave his only begotten son. How can, listen, how can you not love Jesus? You think about what Jesus... Where would we be today without God's Son? Without the sacrifice that He made? The Bible says in, in the New Testament, John 14, 21, He that ha hath my commandments and keepeth them, 
He it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. So look, Joshua is saying to these folks, if you want to enjoy the life that God has for you, you've got to keep good memories. He says to them, you've got to have good ministry, serving God. He says, you've got to have good motives, keep the right motives to love God. But look at the fourth thing he shares with them. He says, you've got to keep good marriages. Now, I understand there are some in the auditorium tonight that are married. You are, you are in a union with a husband or a wife, a spouse. But when you think about what he's referring to here, he's dealing more with association. He's dealing here with, with maybe I could call it relationships or unions. Okay, you with me tonight? You understand what I'm saying? I'm not saying it's not talking about marriage between a husband and wife. It goes beyond that. It's who we associate with. And, and it's important that we see this. Look at verse number 12, what it says here. Here's what Joshua says to them. Else if ye do in any wise go back and cleave unto the remnant of these nations, even these that remain among you, and shall make marriages with them and go in unto them and they to you, Know for a certainty, look at that phrase there, he says, if you're going to do that, if that's going to happen, he says, you better mark it down, here's what he says, that the Lord your God will no more drive out any of these nations from before you, but they shall be snares, and traps unto you, and scourges in your side, thorns in your eyes, until you perish from off this good land which the Lord your God hath given you. Now, I want you to think about this because he's talking about these relationships, these unions. And, and look, folks, I'm, I'm talking about that it, God has always desired for his people to be his people. Uh, you know, look, if you take the word of God, and I, I believe this with all my heart, I, I could show you verses tonight, but I believe this with all my heart tonight, that the word of God is pure. Would you agree with that? Now, here's what's happened in this world we live in is that there are people today, and I believe that they are deceitful workers, uh, many false things. People are tampering with the Word of God. And you remember what Jesus said? He says, when salt hath lost its savor, it's good for nothing, right? Be trodden under the foot of a horse, right? It's good for nothing. And you think about the word of God, how the, God gave his word, God's promise to preserve it under our generation. And God's word is pure. But when you mix it with something that is not pure, it becomes adulterated. Now let's take that to a different step here. Now listen, follow me. When you take someone that is supposed to be among God's people, and you mix them with the people of this world, the effectiveness there for God is changed. Would you agree with that? See, now look, I understand that if we're going to make a difference in this world, God's put us in this world 
We don't have to be of this world. We need to be salt. We need to be light. You know, I understand all that. But I also understand that the Bible says, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. There ought to be something different. And that's what Josh was getting at here is, uh, look, do you, do you remember in the Bible, look here, you probably know this, but a Samaritan, okay? The people in the Bible called Samaritans from the area known as Samaria, that the Jews looked down on the Samaritans. Why? Because they were half-breed Jews. It was a mixed race. Now understand tonight, here's what Josh was saying is, if you want to live a good life, if you want to enjoy a good life, you've got to keep good marriages, good associations, good relationships, good unions. Look at Deuteronomy 7, 3 in your notes. Neither shalt thou make marriages with them. Thy daughter thou shalt not give unto his son, nor his daughter shalt thou take unto thy son, for they will, now here's what's going to happen. If you allow that to be mixed, if you get around the wrong people, associate, he says, for they will turn away thy son from following me. Who's the me? God, right? You see what, what these, these nations, these people that were not people of God, you see what they do for believers, for God's people, is they turn the hearts of them away from God. I hope you see that tonight. And here's what he says. They will turn away thy son from following me that they may serve other gods. Now look at that word gods. Is it a big, is it a big letter G or a little letter G? It's a little letter G. It's not talking about the creator God, God Almighty. He says they're going to serve other gods. And he says, so will the anger of the Lord be kindled against you and destroy thee suddenly. Say, well, I don't want that to happen. I don't want that to happen in my life to my children. Well, God's telling us, look, we need to make sure that we're not associating. Look at Numbers 33. If ye will not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall come to pass that those which, yet, uh, those which ye let remain of them shall be pricks in your eyes and thorns in your side and shall vex you in the land wherein you dwell. And that's just, again, it's more light on that ver the verse we read earlier out of our text tonight is, listen, th these associations with the world are not going to make us better. They're actually going to cause us a lot of heartache and a lot of, a lot of problems in our lives. And so even in the New Testament, look at 2 Corinthians six seventeen. I mentioned earlier, come out from among them, be ye separate, saith the Lord. And God says, touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. So look, God says, if you want to enjoy the good life, he says, then you've got to keep good memories. You've got to keep good ministry. He says, you've got to keep good motives. You've got to keep good marriages. But then Joshua hits on one last thing. He says this, you need to keep good memorials. Good memorials. Now look back in our, our passage at verse number 14. The Bible says in verse 14, Behold this day, here's his testimony, I am going the way of all the earth. And ye know in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one thing hath failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spake concerning you. All are come to pass unto you, and not one thing hath failed thereof. 
And so when you think about memorials, there's different ways that you can set up a memorial for something. In the Old Testament times, a lot of times what they would do is they would stack rocks up. They would pile rocks up. And remember, the Bible says that they would do that so that in, in the generations to come, as people came by, they saw that pile of rocks, and it was a reminder where they could say to their children, their children might say, what mean ye by these rocks? And then their fathers could actually say to them, hey, that's, that, this is the place where God led us across this river. And so it gives them an opportunity to remember those things, to have a memorial. The table that a lot of times that we have here, oftentimes called the communion table, the front of it has carved into the wood, this do in remembrance of me. The remembrance of who? Jesus. What the Lord's done for us, his sacrifice. And memorials are great things. A lot of times when someone like Brother Webster passes away this Saturday, pray for that family, pray for that service there in Michigan. But again, that'll be a memorial. And if I, if I know anything about the family, it's not, it, they're going to talk about Brother Webster and his, his testimony for Christ, but I guarantee you they're going to lift up the Lord Jesus Christ. And they're going to talk about all that the Lord has done. So what is a memorial? It's something to preserve the memory of a person or a thing. So when you think about this, look at Joshua 21, 45. The Bible says, There failed not aught of any good thing which the Lord has spoken unto the house of Israel. Again, look at this. All came to pass. Everything God said that he would do for them. God did it. You know why? Because God doesn't go back on his promises. God keeps his word to his people. First Chronicles 16, 12. Remember his marvelous works that he hath done, his wonders and his judgments of his mouth. Now, again, that's what we've got to do is remember all the good things that God has done for us. And so as Christians, look, we can have a good time in this life. You know why? Because of the goodness of our great God. Because all that God has done for us. Look at Psalm 31, verse 19. Oh, how great is thy goodness which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. How great is thy goodness, the psalmist says. Folks, look, every one of us have been given this gift called life. And what we've got to do is we've got to live a good life. And we need to make sure that when our life is over, that we leave this world with a good testimony. I think Joshua stood before them with a good testimony. He lived a good life, and I love Psalm 107 and verse number 8. Look at this verse. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. That men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. How many of you think God is a good God? Yeah, and how many of you think God only does good things? Remember what the Bible said even about creation itself? The Bible says that God created everything, and the Bible says over and over again, and it was good, and it was good. God only does good things in our lives, and we have a lot to be thankful for, do we not? Look, I, I'm, I'm not like Joshua tonight. I'm not going the way of the world. I, I'm, I'm going to be around here until the Lord takes me home, and I don't think that's going to happen today, but I'll tell you this. I want to leave with a good testimony, and I want to be a testimony of the goodness of our God. And I look, I hope all of you tonight will take this thought with you. I can enjoy this good life that God's given to me. 
God's been so wonderful to us. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this evening. Thank you for the reminders from Joshua as he stood in front of the children of Israel. In his last breath, Lord, he shared with them some things that they needed to remember, that they needed to be reminded about. Lord, help us to take these reminders tonight to live for you till our last breath, that we would love you the way that you love us. Lord, that we would be a testimony for you. Thank you for your goodness to us. Lord, we don't take that for granted. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.